Sharing the good news of Jesus is like planting seeds. Trent Griffith says, we sometimes worry too much about the technique. Like what's the best way to sow seeds? Should it be thrown underhand? Or should it be thrown overhand or through a leg? And we get all jacked up about like the proper way to distribute the seed. Listen, y'all, the power's not in the sowing. The power's in the seed. The trick is just to get it out of the bag and get it to where the soil is. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, I don't spend a lot of time in home decorating stores. My wife does actually more than I do. But there's something I've noticed every time I'm in Hobby Lobby or Home Goods, and maybe you've seen this too. Someone somewhere in the world is getting really good at making artificial plants and fake fruit. I mean, it actually looks real, doesn't it? They might have a bowl full of apples sitting on a table, and they're painted so realistically that you feel like grabbing one and taking a big bite out of it. Of course, if you actually did that, you'd just get a mouthful of styrofoam and plastic, and you probably would even get in trouble with Hobby Lobby. Well, today on Resonate, Trent Griffith is continuing a message he started last week. He'll show us how we might be putting our confidence in a faith that is not real. Pastor Trent is going to review some of what we heard last week and then finish up his message titled, Be Careful How You Hear. Here's Pastor Trent. He said to them in a parable, verse 5, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Here's the second type of soil in verse 6. And some fell on the rock, and it grew up, and it withered away because it had no moisture. Third type of soil, verse 7. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. Fourth type of soil, verse 8, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out. He raised his voice and notice what he says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That phrase is repeated eight different times in the New Testament. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When Jesus spoke this to the disciples, remember those knuckleheads? They're like, uh, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. So that's what he says here in verse 9. When his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So Jesus wants you to hear, he wants you to see, and he wants you to understand. And all you have to do to see, hear, and understand is unlock the secret of what he is saying. So read verse 11. Maybe we could figure out just the, what the seed is. Now the parable is this. The seed is, what's your Bible say? The Word of God. So when we read the Bible, we're receiving the message. It's like the seed is being sown into our lives. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with the seed. 
The seed is powerful. The seed contains life. And we don't need any genetically altered seed to produce life. The seed has the power, but the seed must be planted. The seed without the soil is powerless. And so the next question we need to ask is this, who is the sower in this story? Now, the ultimate answer to that question is Jesus himself. We just read in verse one, he was going around proclaiming and preaching the good news of the kingdom. Jesus is the ultimate sower. And so if you're a Christian, you're a sower as well. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we read, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And so the seed comes through the sower. Now, the problem with you and me is that we are not great sowers because we mistakenly think that the power is in the sowing technique. I mean, okay, so like what's the best way to sow seeds? Should it be thrown underhand or should it be thrown overhand or through a leg? And we get all jacked up about like the proper way to distribute the seed. Listen, y'all, the power's not in the sowing. The power's in the seed. The trick is just to get it out of the bag and get it to where the soil is. And so every one of you gets to be around soil that I don't necessarily get to be around. And I get this seed here this morning to throw it into you, hopefully so that you go throw it into wherever you go this week. Every one of us is a sower. Don't be concerned about how well you sow it or how far you sow it. Just get the seed out of the back for crying out loud. The power's in the seed. It's not in the sowing, okay? Jesus is a sower. You're a sower. Last question. And then we have all the secrets solved. What is the soil. Now remember, Jesus mentions these four different kinds of soil. Simply put, the soil is the human heart. Um, I'm going to attempt to do something here that you're not supposed to do when you preach, okay? I am going to illustrate an illustration. That's a high degree of difficulty in preaching. Few can pull it off. So I'm going to use a different analogy that that most of you in the room are more familiar with. All right. Okay. Um, All right. Some of you, by the way, welcome to church. My name's Trent. I just pulled out of football and you woke up. It's like, whoa, I love the football. When's it coming back? I miss my football. Please come back. All right. So a football. You know what a football is like? A football is like a seed. Okay. The reason I say all that is this. It takes a ball, a thrower, and a receiver to complete a pass. In the same way that it takes a seed, a sower, and soil to produce fruit. So, if we correctly understand that Jesus is throwing passes our way continually as he speaks, we open our Bible and we're, and we're, we're the soil, we're the receiver. In the same way that Tom Brady is nothing without, maybe not quite the same way, in the same way that there's an, there is no completed passes without a thrower and a receiver, you and I must receive. We are responsible for what we do with what we hear. 
every time, not just when you were in vacation Bible school and the first time you heard the gospel and you received it and, and then you graduate on to other things. Every time you hear the word of God spoken, you are responsible for what you do with it. Be careful how you hear. There's four different responses to the word of God. The first one is what we call a surface response. Jesus explains the parable, tells us the seed is the word of God. Then in verse 12, we find out about this first type of soil, the surface response. Verse 12 says, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Do you know the devil hates God's word do you know that he wants to do everything he can to prevent you from hearing it? And if he can't prevent you from hearing it, he wants to prevent you from believing it. So he comes along and he tries to create doubt in your mind about the authority and the authenticity of God's word. And he'll say things like, oh, no intelligent person would ever believe something so old and superstitious. How can you believe this stuff? That's what the devil says. Or he tries to dilute the word of God and says, oh, the word of God is good, but it's not the only word of God. There's so many other voices out there and, and everybody just kind of has a piece of the puzzle and you kind of put it all together. The devil wants to dilute the word of God or he wants to prevent you from obeying it. He wants you to disobey God's word. You don't need to obey that. I mean, that was, that was for another time and another season, another culture. And, and now that we've progressed, I mean, and now that we've evolved, we don't need all those archaic rules and, and you know, regulations about marriage and parenting and what you do with your money and all those things. And the devil wants to, to dilute it. And that is the reason why many of you are not receiving God's word. Jesus says, this is the seed that's thrown along the path and it's trampled underfoot. Some of you have been trampled by others. Some of you have been a part of churches that have clubbed you with the word of God. And so do you know what you are now? You, you are very defensive. I mean, you've got your fists balled up and you're like dodging and weaving and, and it's very hard for the word of God to penetrate because you're scared because of the way it's been used in the past or some of you have been abused and some of you have been mistreated and, and you've got scars and wounds from your past. You've been trampled underfoot and you know what it's made you? It's made you hard, hard heart so that when the gospel comes to your heart, it bounces off of you, deflects off of you. Where's Micah Scroggins? Micah Scroggins, come up here. Now, Micah Scroggins is a, a, a fine specimen of an athlete. Don't you agree? Just by looking, you can tell this, right? And so Micah, this is what I'm going to ask Micah to do. I'm going to ask Micah to catch the pass. Now, in this illustration, I am Tom Brady. Do you understand the story here? Okay. <laughs> this is Julian Edelman, the best we could do here in church today. So, so Micah, catch this ball. Okay. There you go. Oh, um, let's try that again. Okay. Here we go. Oh, okay. We have problems here. Now, um, did you see the first time that he tried, tried to catch the ball? Did you see that? What, what was going on with his hands? He had a fist. You, you can't catch a ball if you have wadded up your fist. And some of you have wadded up your fist in the face of God. And it's like, God, you haven't been fair to me. And it's because you've been trampled. 
And what you have to do is open your hand, soften your heart, bring all those hurts and the pain, just like we sang earlier to understand you're not alone. There's another in the fire. He can heal those hurts. But it may have been a very long time since the word of God has penetrated your heart because of the hardness caused by the pain and the scars in the past. So you gotta bring that. You don't wanna have a surface response to the gospel. Here's the second response. The second response is a shallow response. Notice in verse 13, Jesus continues to explain about this second kind of soil. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word of God, receive it with joy. That's pretty good news, right? I mean, you get joy in church. They heard the word of God. They rejoiced. They liked it. Thank you so much. Great word. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. So it, there appears to be this initial response. People come to church. They hear the gospel. Maybe they cry. Maybe they sing. Maybe they put their hands in the air. Maybe you went to youth camp, and there was this big emotional night, and you threw a pine cone in the fire, and you wrote your sins and nailed to the cross, and it's your testimony. Maybe you went through the waters of baptism. And yet after a while, like you went back to school two months later, and there was no difference because you found out that you had to pay a price to live this stuff out in front of other people. That's the time of testing. Or maybe you went through a hard season and you got mad at God and you gave up and it's like, no, this is not for me. What do we do with those people? How do you explain those people? Don't you know this? Everybody knows somebody that at one time was plugged in here singing the songs, praying the prayers, maybe even giving, the name of the name of Jesus, but they fell away. It seemed like they believed for a while, but then they quit. How do you explain that? Some people would say, well, they obviously lost their salvation. That is not the teaching of the entirety of the Bible, and that's not what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus says there's no root, therefore there was no long-term fruit. There's a problem with the soil. And this is explained all through Scripture. Here's, here's a couple of places that, that we understand this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, the one that endures to the end will be saved. Not the one who has a great start, but the one that endures to the end will be saved. Secondly, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Not if you read my word once, not if you responded to an invitation once, not if you got baptized once, but if you continue in my word. That's what he says in John chapter eight. Then in Hebrews chapter three, we read, for we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So the proof of eternal life is whether or not we endure to the end. This is what theologians call perseverance of the saints. It's a very precious doctrine for us. The Eastman Bible Dictionary defines it this way. I love the wording here. It says this, certain continuance in a state of grace. That's the proof of, of genuine salvation. Once justified and regenerated, the believer can neither totally nor finally fall away from grace. He may fall away for a time, but he'll come back if he's genuinely a believer. But he will certainly persevere therein and attain everlasting life. This is what we believe the entirety of Scripture teaches. And so this is what Jesus is teaching here. There are people that have this initial emotional, shallow response to the gospel, but when the time of testing comes, they prove it didn't go to the deepest part of their heart. 
And so there is a kind of faith that doesn't save. Is there evidence of fruit that gives genuine evidence that there's a genuine root that produces a fruit? And so that's the second kind of, so uh, Micah, come up here. Where's Micah? Micah, we're gonna give him another chance here. All right, Micah, um, again, I am Tom Brady. I want you to catch this pass, Julian Edelman. You ready for this? Okay, good. All right, good. But that, you, you dropped it too soon there. And you see, there's this rule that you got to kind of make a football move in the NFL. It's a very controversial thing in the football. It's like, is it a fumble? Is it a catch? Is it a genuine catch? You see, when you get hit by the linebacker going across the middle, if you don't retain possession, then it's an incomplete pass. So upon further review, incomplete. Some of you started well. It looked like you had it for a while, but then you just, just like you left it on the sideline. Incomplete pass takes a, a thrower and a catcher to complete a pass. Here's the third type of soil, a strangled response. Jesus speaks about that in verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. Do you, do you notice that all four soils heard the same message? They heard it. The third type here, those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life, and their fruit does not mature. So the response is strangled by three things. The cares of this world, what are those? Those are the things that you fear, that's your anxiety, your stress, your pressure, and all of those things can choke out hearing the genuine word of God. But do you know, the devil is so sneaky. If he can't get you with pressure and persecution, he will get you with prosperity and give you so much money and so much fun and so much pleasure that you'll think you don't need the gospel. See how tricky he is? Do you know why some of you have a hard time prioritizing a discipleship relationship with Jesus? Do you know why so many of you treat the word of God so lightly? It's because you've got too much money and you've got too much time to spend your money. And so you look at your calendar and it's all full of all these wonderful things that you're doing and you've got all this money that deceives you into thinking you don't need a savior. You know what the solution to that is? Write your checks to Gospel City Church. <laughs> And let's get something done for Jesus around here. There's plenty of money in this church to us for us to build exactly what we need to build to reach people with the gospel and be distributors, just like Joanna and the people that held the checkbooks in verse three. We can do this together, but the reason you won't do that is because you're holding onto something that's a substitute for God and it's choking, it's strangling out the word of God. Micah, come here. What's his problem? Why can't he catch these balls? I'm throwing it well. What's the problem? He got too much stuff. He can't handle anymore. You got no capacity to receive it because you got so many other things clogging up your brain. It is strangling, it's choking out what you should be feeding on. Fourth response, a supernatural response. 
That's in verse 15. And as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word of God, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Notice, only one out of four who heard the word responded in a way that was genuine and life-giving. There are millions of people sitting in churches every Sunday morning who are living under the deception of a false faith. They have a counterfeit Christianity, but only those that endure, only those that produce the fruit give evidence that there is a root because the soil is soft. Jesus is sowing seed. Notice what he says next. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar. This is another word picture here, but it's very simple to understand. He's talking about people that, that have genuine light, like Joanna going into the dark place of Herod's household and shining bright there. He's like, nobody puts a jar over the, the lamp, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Jesus wants you to see it. And then verse 17, for nothing that is hidden, there is nothing hidden that uh, will not be made manifest, nor is any secret that will not be made known and come to light. Do you see the word secret there in verse 17? The last time we saw that word was back up in verse 10, when Jesus says, you gotta know the secrets of the kingdom. And you know what Jesus is saying? He's like, everything that you're blind to now, everything that you're deaf to now, one day you're gonna see it. One day you're gonna hear it. It's all gonna be made known. The question is, will it be too late for you? If you do not receive it now, if you don't see it, if you don't open up your heart, soften your heart to receive it now, it'll be too late when you finally see it. So he says in verse 18, a warning, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given, and to the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. They don't just receive it one time. You receive it, and then you receive so much more, and you continue to grow. It's a growing, responding heart to Jesus. How do you respond this morning? I want to invite you to stand. Don't get distracted. It could be the most important moment of your life. Maybe for the first time, you're willing to open those hands, soften your heart, and receive Jesus, who says, you need a savior. Your sin needs a savior and forgiveness. Open your heart to him. Receive it. Believe it. Some of you have been trampled on. You've been scarred. Bring all of those scars to Jesus. And just like Mary Magdalene, seven demons. If he can handle seven demons, he can handle whatever's bugging you. He can fix it. You've got to soften your heart. But for others of you, you've been in church. You know this story. You could teach it better than I have. The, the, the thing is, is every time we hear the word of God, we're responsible for how we respond. If you accumulated so much stuff, just like this is just kind of one of the 17 things on your schedule today, and you just kind of shove it in where you can. I mean, you, you think you're doing really good if you make it to church like once a month. Really? Or is it the priority of your heart, the priority of your family? Jesus, thank you for speaking. Thank you for 
coming to where we are and meeting people like us, people like Mary. I pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying. Open our eyes. Give us faith to believe. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, those are some powerful reminders from the senior pastor of Gospel City Church, Trent Griffith. You know, not only do we need to be careful how we hear, we also need to think about what kind of soil we are. Pastor Trent has been teaching from Luke chapter 8, and here's how a group called the Nightingales sing about that same parable, this time from the Gospel of Matthew. The disciples ask Jesus privately what the parable of the source might be. The mystery of the kingdom is given to you, not to them, for they might see. The parable of the source is really not hard, because the seed is the word of God. You have ears, so you can hear what the simple law. Well, it never hurts to insert a little soul in to resonate every now and then. That's the Nightingales singing the same parable we heard Trent Griffith teaching on today, the parable of the sower and the seed in the soils. So what about you? Have you thought about what kind of soil best represents your heart? I hope you'll do that today. If you'd like to join our church's live stream, you can do that by going to mygospelcity.org live. We're live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Again, you can watch our service online Sundays at 10 a.m. when you go to mygospelcity.org slash live. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that the seed of God's word would resonate in your heart this week. Well, here are the nightingales once again to take us out. The word sold by the wayside Been heard by some today The devil came and stole The word from their hearts Didn't want them to be saved They that heard the word on a rock Received with great, great joy But sad to say they believed for a while Temptation made them fall away The word fell, fell among thorns They heard the word is true But the cares and riches and pleasures in life They just couldn't bring forth fruit True, 
Resonate with Trent Griffith is a ministry of Gospel City Church. Live stream our service at mygospelcity.org slash live. You